my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. It's Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're gonna be rolling out a lot of new things. Where the stars of this piece of shit? Oh, are you? I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? To all who come to this happy place, welcome. I am West Coast Scott! How the hell did I get roped into this? Show me what you got. Scotty, beam me up. The force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty Isis. And here we go. kind of sad news today dean stockwell died at age 85 oh i i thought we were gonna start with the fact that clearly sandwich is not getting enough rest at night i mean that's also sad news maybe he was up all night crying because dean stockwell died at age 85 it's 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 concerning news i care about the sandwich i know that not everybody believes that's true but it is true (laughs) i mean only the people that listen to what you do and say but you know, he might not even be here. About the sandwich, he hasn't even made a sound. He might not even be here. We could just be talking about him as if he was I here. Know. He might have fallen asleep. What? 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 <laughs> what? what? So, now, yes, Dean, Dean Stockwell, of course. Uh, for, for our genre, I would have to say Quantum Leap. For sure. Some people might remember him from the original Dune as the doctor or the surgeon or the physician of House Atreides UA. Who, be- who betrays the Duke. Yes. And uh, and and then other than that, you're kind of a little bit here, a little bit there. You know, I <laughs> told this story probably a hundred years ago, and I don't know if anybody remembers it, but... Um, uh, as some of you may recall, I'm a huge Errol Flynn fan. And um, one of my favorite stories about Errol Flynn actually has to do with Dean Stockwell. Dean Stockwell, when he was a child actor, that's right, Dean Stockwell was a child actor. Um, he made a movie called Kim with Errol Flynn. And Errol Flynn and one of the other stars of the movie, I can't remember which one, they actually tricked him into eating camel shit. And it was actually a story. It was actually a story told told to me by Dean Stockwell. So uh, yeah, so there you go. Yeah, somehow they tricked this little kid, whatever he was, nine, ten years old. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But yeah, they tricked him into eating camel shit. Child labor has come a long way. Indeed, it has. <laughs> so he was you know, also in. in uh... In the, the new Battlestar Galactica, he was on, like, I guess a season, about 14 episodes of that. Um, 
as well as, you know, Blue Velvet, of course, is another, uh, I don't know if that's in the genre, but a David Lynch film. I think technically it's not in the genre, but, you know, a good it's film. tangential still... enough you could get, you could reference it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. So here's the question for our genre. Was he going to be involved with the upcoming reboot of Quantum Leap? Not that I had heard. But and I guess what do we know about the the reboot? Is it going to still be Sam Beckett, and is it going to still be played by uh, I, what's his face? No, uh, no idea. I mean, I think if they were smart, what they would do is they would make Scott Bakula the the Dean Stockwell of the new show. Right. He like he gets out, and somebody else goes in. Right. And then yeah, and the, and of course the new the new Scott Bakula character you know, will probably be uh, a non-binary, multiracial something or other. Because that seems to be the way these things go. So diverse casting is, I guess, what you're trying to say ever so delicately. That that is what I meant. I I went the long way about it. But I I mean, I'm not, I, I don't want to be misunderstood. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think in some cases, it's a very good thing. There you had a show that had two predominantly male white leads. And so it might be interesting to have, uh, you know, mix that up a little bit, so to speak, no pun intended. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think that's what they'll do because that's a lot of what's what's happening. And I, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, you and, know, and Not to go too far down the road, because again, we were really supposed to be talking about the loss of Dean Stockwell, but... Right. You know, having the main character in the in the Sam Beckett role that's leaping into the lives, having that person be, you know, a, a minority, and because it, it's a fish out of water story, right? The you can yeah. just you can go on forever, but now that would reverse it quite a bit to then have that person in jumping into the lives of the, you know, I don't really know what the what the right way to say it is, but. You get a different Other kind lives. of yeah. You get you get a fish out of water story, but it's the one we don't get to see very often. So when you add yeah. that diversity, it's going to that'll bring something new to the exactly. to the formula That's... that works really well. Thank you, Scott, for putting better exactly what I meant. Yeah, perhaps I I didn't I didn't put it as well as West Coast Scott, but that was what I intended to say. Oh, all right. So let's before we jump. That's into... why West Coast Scott is here. To clean up the stuff that me and mostly the sandwich uh, says. <laughs> yeah, so. it's usually it's usually the sandwich saying the horribly offensive things that that really well, upset, that, that we didn't have a singer for how many we never zinger for how many years about OG being racist <laughs> to some people. I don't know. I, I I I don't recall any incidences whatsoever. No idea what you're talking about. So. Hard cut to the to the old intro I know. of that exact line. Well, and you know how many times we've talked about Kevin destroying the Toy Biz box set from the old intro. I think I just need to play the old intro. Maybe next week I'll bring out the old intro and we'll just start with the old ex- old intro. Wow, that would be fun. Um, something. And then and then record scratch. And even though records haven't existed in several decades, record scratch. What's a record? That's called irony, sir. <laughs> That's irony. Yes, it's irony to help us not feel as old as we are. Well, I mean, you know, I'm old. You guys went to middle school together, so. Didn't you, uh, you know, did, didn't you listen to Alanis Morissette? 
I did. When she described this. So it's like record scratch. When, records when there haven't exist. been records in forever. That's it. All right. Well, before we like jump in. A track. Oh. Skipping a song. It's like laser discs on sale for 50% off. You know, I can go on through all the media. Now, I, you know, it's funny you should say laser disc. I mentioned it last week uh, when we were talking about the Prince product, but I have the laser disc of Purple Rain right here on my wall, still sealed, factory sealed laser disc of Purple Rain that somebody gifted Ooh. me. And I don't even know where wow. it came from, but that's—I think—that's a nice, like, obscure uh, item in my collection. That's probably in the uh, in the ones of dollars worth of value. But to me, it's priceless, as opposed no. to as opposed to the showbiz Prince Purple Rain statue, which was eight hundred bucks, and that's too pricey. Yeah, I—that was a beautiful looking. Is that the one of him on the motorcycle? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful, but yeah, that price is insane. Is that Iron Studios? Do you remember? I, I, no, it's not. It's not Sideshow. That's was it Sideshow? It's from Sideshow, but it might not be Iron Studios. It, it can't be. It can't be Sideshow. They're not out there. That sounds like Iron Studios pricing to me. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah, we talked about looking? it last week. Let me, you want me to look it up? Hold on. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. If you're looking, if you happen to be looking, um, I'll go on about Dean Stockwell. You know. Dean Stockwell is a great example of one of those people who, if you get an opportunity to go to one of these nostalgia shows, you know, these guys who are getting up in their 70s and 80s, et cetera, and higher, you you know, it's a good, it's a good reminder that people don't live forever. You know, look at the main characters in even Star Wars, and that was 1977. You know, Peter Mayhew gone uh kenny baker gone carrie fisher gone um david prowse gone you know like if you didn't never had an opportunity to meet those people you never will again now that's mainstream stuff star wars and i grant you that um quantum leap and you know the original dune movie and maybe some older movies in the 50s and and such it may not be a big deal but if you're you know like me i'm a huge errol flynn fan so anyone that worked with errol flynn i wanted to get a chance to talk to i talked to mickey rooney i was a bit of a mickey rooney fan from this and that but i really wanted to talk to him about you know how the fact that he was friends with errol flynn you know in his day and so on so you know like those nostalgia shows and i know that a lot of people have a lot of fun you know poking fun at them you know and they say all those terrible they use all those terrible phrases and um but you know it takes something like waking up and hearing that a dean stockwell has passed away for you to go you know what i'm gonna pop over that. i just missed one too chiller chiller theater was just this past weekend and i did not make it or actually last weekend i did not make it out there and i'm kind of regretting it now i didn't have a look at the guest list to see who i missed because i thought that would be upsetting but i am going to make it a point to make sure that you know i go in and you know if one of those people who who isn't a carrie fisher or a, a you know or or uh you know or another big name if you will um 
you know, if it is one of those smaller character people and they did a part that I really liked, um, I'm going to go in and, and say hi, you know, maybe I'll get a picture or an autograph or something. If they have a toy, I probably will get an autograph. And, you know, like, I, I think that's something that shouldn't be missed, especially if you're in, uh, you know, you're into this sort of stuff that we talk about here on Geek Stuff TNG, which, by the way, we haven't given the social medias for yet. Yeah, I think that's good. So real quick, uh, the PCS Collectible Figures is the distributor that, or is the oh, people that, that made yeah. uh, and distributed by Sideshow. Um, right. You're right. We should uh, jump into the social medias, and then I have something else to follow up on what you were saying there. But oh. um, if you're listening to this show, you're aware that we are called Geek Stuff TNG. Uh, so please better be. like and follow the uh, the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasters. Be sure to leave a review, share it with your friends, find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Geek Stuff TNG. But you can also uh, contact us if you want to be heard on a future episode of this by calling the voicemail, the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Said sleepy time sandwich. Or you can send us an email at geeksoftng at gmail.com. And then if you really uh, want to support the show, you can check us out over on Patreon, patreon.com slash geekstufftng. For just a dollar a month, you can join the Discord server and chat with members of the show. For $3 a month, you're part of the Early Bird Special. You get to hear these episodes typically the day after we record them. We normally record on a Monday, so you'll usually get them on a Tuesday, although today we're recording on Tuesday. Uh, for $5 a month, it's the bonus round. You get two things in the bonus round. You get the Sandwich Shop, typically the weekend bonus show. I think that it was a nice uh, Euro Disney, Tokyo Disney story from uh, the Sandwich this week. And yes. then uh, twice a month, you get vintage episodes of Big Kev's Geek Stuff. So we're in the early oh. 60s. Uh, I think it's about the year 2007. Hey, yeah, about 2007, Pete. Summer of Love for the Geek Stuff show. Summer of Love. And then for $10 a month, you can watch us record this show live and direct as it happens on Instagram Live. So check out Geek Stuff, uh, patreon.com slash geekstufftng for all the magic over there on the Patreons. Okay, so real quick while we're talking about... Uh, not letting these folks go too long without getting to meet them if given the opportunity. So LA Comic-Con is coming up in just a couple of weeks, although San Diego Comic-Con is coming up. Their special edition is coming up in like a week, but I'm not going to that. I am going to LA Comic-Con. And one of the meetups is Boy Meets World. And so you get a couple of the characters from Boy Meets World that I don't know too well. And then there's the gentleman who played Mr. Feeny. Now, now Sandwich, I like to quiz you on these kind of things. Did you watch Boy Meets World at all? Is that uh, no? That's... That was way before. Me and Kevin, I don't even know if we were even around for that. Kev, you know who Mr. Feeney is, right? From Boy Meets World, yeah. right? So I pay attention when these things are happening. So. Yeah. So again, Brittany, my wife, would like to meet him because she liked Boy Meets World, and Mr. Feeney is a great character, and I agree he's a great character. But for me, he's the voice of Kit the Car from Knight Rider, right? So yes. I feel like that, I mean, again, he's done lots of things, but just that voice is iconic, not just as Mr. Feeney and some of the other things that he's done. So I'm thinking that's a good meet and greet because it, it does uh, dual duty. Uh, Brittany gets to meet somebody from one of her favorite shows, and I get to meet somebody from one of my favorite shows. So I think we're going to try to meet William Daniels at uh, LA Comic Con coming up in December. Real quick, Boy Meets World came out in 1993. I was born in 96, and I think Kevin was born uh, maybe early 96 because he's like a, uh, he was like 90, a year ahead of me. 90. Late 95, actually. 
Oh, okay, Elite 95. Geek stuff. What's in the news? All right. So before we jump into the actual Hollywood news, let's talk about this. I uh, did you see there? Is the air cut not dead? Of Suicide Squad? Yeah. I swear. Yeah, no, it's 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 reared its ugly head again. Because I, David Ayer knows he's going to get paid. It's David Ayer, isn't it? He's yeah. he knows he's going to get paid buku dinero if they decide to. If pe- enough people bitch and moan about it to the point that they have to do it. But didn't didn't we on this very program say that David Ayer said the air cut is dead to let it go to let it die, and now he's like trying to resuscitate if, that corpse. If, if they're not, if the fans are not letting it die, David Ayer has very little to do with it. I guess uh, I don't know that that horse is just that's a dead horse that's been beaten a lot. But David Ayer posted a, yeah. a tweet this week, uh, just a picture of Jared Leto's Joker, saying that he killed it, but no one knows. Uh, we need to kill the air cut. I think we need to kill the Jared Leto. <laughs> that Joker should never rear its ugly head again. Is there going to be a Joker in the new Batman? No, but the rumors have... Sparkle Bat? Yeah. The the rumors have begun that the Batman is an unofficial sequel to the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. Those rumors have begun. Well, I feel like they were going to begin, though. Like It was going to happen just because people want more of Joaquin. Yeah, I don't, know, if it, I don't but, know how credible it is to have the rumors, but I well, mean... it's it's perfectly plausible, you know, in the sense that if we consider that Joaquin is a young man, and we consider that Bruce is, you know, in this movie clearly is a young guy, he's not an old guy, you know, it, it's entirely plausible that in some and plus, who are those guys that he's fighting? You know, the yeah. bald guys with the pale skin and big smiles. Who are those guys? You know, like, so what I mean to say is that I don't I don't think it's impossible. You know, improbable, perhaps, but not impossible. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that statement, though, where it, it, they could do it. But I, I just don't see it being the way. Because I always picture when I think of Batman and Joker, them being like roughly the same age. Yeah, that's my big issue. So, like joaquin for this movie would be all right if i'm being very generous and joker will say he's like 30 he's no younger than 30 and that's me being very generous i feel like so now he'd be like 50 years old but you could skew him younger even if you skewed him five years younger what was bruce in that movie 10 12 yeah let's say he's 10 for argument's sake right Uh and they bump joaquin 20 years that scales that makes joaquin 40 something which is what he actually is isn't he near enough to 40 that makes him 40 something he has definitely played older he's in a movie right now where he's playing a guy who's older and totally seems viable to me um and if you skew you know, if you skew Sparkle Batman in the mid to late 20s, that also works. So I, I don't I don't see it as improbable. I see it as entirely possible that they could decide, well, you know what? This is what everybody wants. Let's just give it to them. 
and maybe those maybe those little joker clowns whatever he's fighting in the subway you know whether they're like joker cultists or whatever the hell they turn out to be if they're in some way related to joaquin phoenix and we don't get him like and again if we're playing it smart and let's say not the not the star trek uh kelvin timeline which is the chris pine timeline you know where we 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 don't dive right into the joker in the second movie we lead up to him and he's the baddie in the third film it makes sense you know they do a little sprinkling in the first film little establishment in the second film and the third film he's the problem it would work it would totally work so but are they actually going to do that i don't know so I wasn't I wasn't on the show when you guys talked about when that show came when Joker came out. So let me let me ask you, Kev, remind me your opinion on the movie The Joker and the character of if it's does that feel anywhere like the Joker from the comic books that you know? No, and and, and, and in the in the loosest sense, simply by title and by the fact you know sort of by almost. You'd almost say by image, really. I would say, you know, there there are elements, but you could say that for for all the inter the iterations, can't you? Uh, with the exception of Jared Leto, they all have some basis in something. So here here's how, here's what I would say when as I was watching that movie, and I did not enjoy the Joker, um, but I'm also looking at it trying to think how is You're this fired. how is this schizophrenic troubled young man going to be the criminal mastermind that is equal to Batman for decades and decades and decades. You know what I mean? How could this guy keep Batman on his toes? Right. It's a great question. And the answer is you're taking the wrong aspect of the character. You're taking the wrong, because that aspect of the character has never been portrayed in film. The closest that they've come to the genius portion of the Joker, the closest they've come is Heath Ledger because he could not have done all the things that he did with, you know, rigging things to blow up and all those sort of, he couldn't have done those things without having some level of genius. We didn't see any opportunity for the Joaquin Phoenix Joker to display those abilities because this was an origin story of how he gets to the clown part of his insanity. We didn't see that. We didn't see any of that in the Jared Leto Joker because Jared Leto is to the Joker as I am to, let's see, um, Brad Pitt. So, uh, you know, kind of the same color hair as Brad Pitt. And I'm, I'm pretty like Brad Pitt, but I'm not Brad Pitt. You get my meaning? I do. And I guess, so what I would say, as, as you were saying, it's an unofficial sequel. I would rather see, if this was the same Gotham City and Joker occurred sometime previously. and Which this what it would be. And this, this clown cult, you know, chaos, take over, eat Dang. the rich, has created would, an I environment. Would, and then there's, yeah. some, then there's a Jack Napier or whatever, some other person that becomes the actual Joker inspired by this person who took the name Joker yeah, you know that's been a that's been a, a theory that's been kicked around also is that that's the way it'll go down and you shouldn't look at it you shouldn't look at it any differently than you would look at any other gang 
you know, like it's a gang and their, their hook is, you know, they all shave their heads and wear pale clown makeup and shit, you know, like that totally could be what the signature of the gang, you know, all, every gang has some crips and bloods have the, you know, the thing It's just no different than that. I think though, I think unless you have somebody of a Joaquin Phoenix's ability in that role you get huge fan lash backlash if you don't make it joaquin himself that's what i think like you just can't stick anybody in there you know you would have to have somebody with the caliber that could pull off that kind of crazy and and have it be believable and have it well represent the character that he's inspired by i just don't see them going that i just don't see them go in that direction yeah i think it's it's still entirely age appropriate i think it's i i even think the storyline is there you know the storyline about you, you know him possibly being a wayne which which he clearly isn't but you know like there's there's all kind of you know, different sort of stories that you, all kinds of different things that you could weave in there. You know, does the Riddler know something? There's an article I read that was suggesting that even, that perhaps the Riddler knows about Thomas Wayne and the Joker's mother and that there's an illegitimate Wayne out there somewhere. And maybe that's what he's talking about when he says it's time to tell the truth and all that shit, you know, could be something to do with that. You know, it could be any number of things. But I don't think they can do Batman without doing the Joker. It's a question of, are they going to uh, again? And I said this after the Joker came out, the movie. Uh, and Sandwich will remember, I said this. I said that, are they really going to introduce us to a new Joker, give him his own film, and not only have the actor win all the awards for it, but then also replace him as soon as possible. That doesn't seem to be the way to me. And I think they left themselves enough room to go, well, this movie sucks and isn't received well, we can walk away. But it didn't, it did the exact opposite. And I think they must have given themselves position enough to go, okay, well, if this is a great movie, we integrate it. It's the same thing they were all doing at that time. All, all the films that were coming out in that time period or being uh, greenlit in that time period, and this would include Black Adam is probably the best example because the producer came flat out and said, we're way over here in the DC universe. And if things work out, maybe. Maybe he'll show up in the DC universe films, which gives them enough room to say, nope, we're in our own universe because the DC movies are terrible and we did okay or vice versa. So there you go. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, let's move into other news. Uh, you're still in New Jersey. Is that right? Mr. Kev? Yes, sir. Were you able to go see a certain movie on a large screen? I did see said movie on a large screen. Uh, so you spent what, how, how much does it cost to go see a movie on a large screen in New Jersey? I, I don't even know. I don't even care. Well, about $71 million worth of dollars went to see that 
movie. It, the it, it felt like my ticket might have been that much. So just Kev's the only one that saw it, but he spent seventy one million dollars. I saw it. I spent seventy one million to do it. What about you, sandwich? Seventy one million, not bad for a movie that got mid to good reviews. Right. Um, I have not gone out to see it yet. I want to see it soon, but uh, I just haven't had the time to get out to see it yet. That's okay. You got one more week. I know. I I might not make it in time, but I mean, something about this film, I care about the spoilers, I guess. But if this one was spoiled to me, I don't know how much I'd be affected by it. You you know what? It isn't the... I guess the way to describe it is without being spoiler, which is why I took a moment to consider it, it, it stands alone, but is also a part of the larger universe as a whole. Does that make sense? Yeah. And again, like, not like Shang-Chi. What was it like? What was, what was, what was it? What what movie did I describe recently? It was kind of like, eh, that was okay, but it's the credits that Black was. Widow. No, Venom. It was a bit like Venom in that the movie itself was was kind of standalone, fine, more or less, mm-hmm. an extension of that universe. But again, now, now particularly part of the bigger universe because of that credit sequence. But the credit sequence was banging and i don't know if is it that i'm just addicted to the credit sequence maybe it is (laughs) maybe i do love the the idea of teasing the next thing but boy this was beautiful setup for a sequel was the first credit sequence and the second set in the second one in my opinion will end up being the more important one of the two um, because it sets up a number of different things. So, that's so, what I think. so when we talk about the MCU films, we always talk about like each film is a different genre, right? A heist movie, a buddy cop movie, a, you know, can you, can you identify this genre or is maybe the reason that this one is suffering in the reviews because it's not, doesn't fall neatly into a genre picture? It's a great question. And I think the answer is that it, um if there's a genre that it falls into i'm not sure what that genre is yeah i feel like um, is, is it like a family genre is it a, no. a, a, a it's not a family movie like no like like the not, the eternals are one family because again i haven't seen it yet no. either i mean it has that it has that element it certainly has that element in a number of different ways um when you see it you'll you'll understand what i mean um i'm trying to Kind of set the iPad up here mm-hmm. a little bit. Well, Isn't while you're doing while you're doing that, I'll I'll give you the the current Rotten Tomatoes uh, critic score, forty six percent, and then audience score is eighty percent. Yeah, and I, I'm going to go with the audience on this one because I think that they're more in tune with the vibe of the thing overall, and I would agree with that. It's certainly something that can stand alone but it is a broader part of the marvel universe there's no there's no denying that but again the parts of it that i was most excited about were the 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 end credits because they were both terrific surprises 
No, that's good. I mean, I guess I guess in another week or two, when we've had time to get past the embargo and we've been able to see it, maybe we can dive into it a little deeper. But I would also say it's, you know, we we finished, you know, whatever phase four, and so when we're starting again, when we're introducing new characters, it's like you know you you can't compare this to Endgame, you know, which is the the finale of a decade of world building. And then now we're kind of starting and a new a new world, so it you know it, it, it can't all be pushing forward, right? It's got to kind of ebb and flow, and maybe I also think, it takes this as as a rebuilding as an ebb in the saga, right? Yeah, I I think you the I think unfortunately the only movie you can compare this to would be Guardians of the Galaxy, in the sense that it is a a, a really like if Guardians was a third tier group. This is a fourth or fifth tier group. That's number one. Number two, it's just not a comedy. It does have funny parts to it, but it's not a comedy. So you're not going to get that comic vibe from it the way that you got from, you know, from Guardians of the Galaxy. So, yeah, that's it. All right. So let's let's talk a little. Uh... Little while we're on the, we gotta wake up the sandwich. Yeah, let's let's talk about the thunderbolts sandwich. sandwich. We're looking for proof of life sandwich. Proof of life. I'm just letting you guys go. Let you guys do your thing. I understand. I'm just making sure you're okay, buddy. That's all. It's good. So so guys, we've been talking about the rumors of the thunderbolts. Yes. And have you heard any like? Any verifiable rumors that they're working on the Thunderbolts? Has it come out anywhere? It's rumored that the rumor is that that's what Julia, Julia Louis Dreyfus is forming, and doing so uh, secretly for Thunderbolt Ross. That's the rumor, anyway. Yeah. One rumor. Um, I don't think we're going to get an answer to that for quite some time, though. Yeah, I feel like the Thunderbolts are going to be a, like a long-term payoff. Like I could see them, like they've picked up two people so far. So they picked up U.S. Agent, and then Black Widow's sister, the other Anna uh, Belova. Yes, um, and, and I think Abomination will be the next one. I think he'll get picked up. I could see them maybe picking up someone in the Hawkeye show, but I'm not sure. I don't know enough about, about it. That's just my my guess. Be. That's my thing. I don't know if they will. They could, though, is what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if they will. I could see She-Hulk then picking up someone. If you think, well, it'll probably be Abomination. Exactly. Exactly. But if you if you think about them building a team that's going to be sort of parallel to the Avengers, they have Cap and they have Black Widow. So who does that leave? Mm. Well, they're yeah. gonna Muscle, that would be... Abomination. That would be Abomination. They're going to need... Science, that's going to be, what's his name, I imagine, from Armor Wars. It's going to be Sam Rockwell's character. Justin Hammer. Justin Hammer is what I imagine it's going to be. If it's going to be somebody, I'd imagine it's going to be Justin. And maybe not him in the suit per se, but him controlling a, you know, a, you know, a robot meant to be like that, but without having to be in the suit. That would be my guess, um, just based on... Iron Man 2, I would say that's probably the way that's going to go. So who does that leave? A Hawkeye of some sort. Right, so they yeah. could, you could get you could get some kind of evil archer in the Hawkeye series that'll get... Or, that'll or be, you just, just take Taskmaster. Or, or, 
Well, I was going to say it could be Crossbones, but he's already dead. So, but it's going to be somebody like that. You know, it's going to be somebody like that. You, you know? know, and it could also be a character that we're just not, it could be a new character. And I don't mean yeah. new in the sense that it's somebody they created for the Thunderbolts, but it could be somebody who, you know, it could be somebody who we're not even thinking of. Marvel has deep, deep roots. You know, they can find somebody if they need to. You know, uh, so so there's there's that. So who does that leave? Thor, a Thor of some sort. But I mean, do do they even need a Beta Thor, Bill. or could it just be like and yeah? Well, is Beta Ray Bill, Beta Ray Bill. A, a bad guy, an antihero? I mean, does he is he in the he is no, he on the Thunderbolt but, side? No, of but they could use him. But they could. I, I don't know where they introduce. I don't him, think it, I don't think it'll be him. Let me let me say. Oh, that. Yeah. I don't no. think it'll be Beta Ray Bill. I'm just trying to think. That's that's what that's the part that's missing. If Federer so, Bill isn't in the Thor movie, then I don't think we ever see him for or not ever because you can't say that with Marvel. I don't think we see him uh, like genuinely for a while. Then yeah, because we saw his face yeah. in Ragnarok, right? So I mean, I mean, it yeah. would make sense if he's gonna pop but up it, for him to pop up. They, I, I think they've said he won't be in the Thor movie, but they they just say things all the time because they're Marvel. But. Um, I, if it that just doesn't needs to be somebody of that caliber, yeah, it doesn't have to be an Asgard. It could be. It could just be. It could. It doesn't have to be a Thor. It could just be an Asgardian. It could be like a Loki. Yeah, uh, it won't be Loki, but I mean, it could be. Yeah, I mean, it could be. What's his name? It could be Korg. Hmm. You yeah. know, like it could be. You know, like it has to be somebody. Who, Adam Warlock. Oh, sufficient. I don't know about Adam Warlock, but I mean it. it that might, he might be too powerful, depending on how they it's play. Too much. Stop. Too much. <laughs> Did you see the photo, uh, by the way, that uh, James Gunn tweeted out of the cast, including William. Is it Poulter? I think. I it's, think it's Poulter. William Poulter uh, on his first day of shooting as Adam Warlock. So. I didn't. I'll have to go check that out. Yeah. Um, well, so, the so whole, it's the whole cast, including. Will Poulter and some new other new person who we don't know who she is supposed to be yet. I don't think. Uh, notably absent was um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Gamora. Gamora, yeah. Notably absent. I keep wanting to say Zendaya, but that's that's not who's playing her. So. Well, again, I don't want to get. Uh... We got this covered.com'd on this one, but uh, oh, stop! The the the, stop. the the Geek Worldwide website is the one that says that they can confirm that their sources say that the Thunderbolts movie will begin in uh, twenty filming in twenty twenty three. So yeah, okay. So again, I mean, you know, I don't know how reputable or trustworthy that source is, but zero. Uh, <laughs> it it does say it's a rumor confirmed by their quote unquote sources. Uh, a rumor that a rumor that we can confirm though is that that poster for Spider-Man No Way Home that's out with him and Doc Ock on it does have does have the uh, Willem Dafoe Green Goblin yeah really really tiny in the background there did There's you see some of the leaks that came out today what's that did you see some of the leaks that apparently came out today no don't say them. Okay, but you do see in that photo, you also see a sandstorm and lightning. So, which kind of gets me there. I will admit defeat. I thought Sam wouldn't be happening, 
Apparently and I, and I think and I think I although I didn't see anything on the poster to indicate it, I think it's the lizard also. Yeah, it's going to be the Finister Five. That's what I think. The Finister Five. Yeah, I think it's going to be Sinister Six because uh, are you forgetting? Uh, are you forgetting Vulture? Right. No, I, they 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 we we talked about it a, a week or so ago. Yeah, they've got more than enough people to pull from, even if they leave out Rhino. You, you know, I mean. And again, I, I saw other speculation that, that, well, and, and, and you know, maybe uh, Mysterio's not dead. You know, I mean, he could have faked it. I mean, you know, he was all about illusion well, and fakery. He, he might not actually be dead either. I'm pretty sure he's dead. I don't think it's, I don't think it's Mysterio. Uh, I, I think if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be who we know so far. Goblin. Doc Ock. Ock Sandman. Electro. Uh, lizard probably, and I don't see why it wouldn't be a vulture. Like vulture, yeah, yeah. I mean, it might not be, but I don't see why it wouldn't be. Yeah, well, we'll find out soon enough. When does uh, No Way Home come out? Is it like December twenty, like late December twenty second, yeah. or basically a Christmas release? Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll find out soon enough. The twenty second is a Wednesday, so. Speaking of holidays, Disney Plus Day is uh, going to come out before this episode, the day after this episode drops. So, this November 12th is Disney Plus Day. That's when uh, quite a few new things are going to get dropped on Disney Plus. Also, you can get into the parks early if you verify that you have uh, a subscribe, that you subscribe to Disney Plus. I think you can get in a half hour or an hour early to the parks on those days. Um but then the other thing that's going to happen is they're going to drop the IMAX versions of uh, some of the MCU films on Looks Disney+. Looks like about Plus. 10 of them. Yeah. So, I don't I mean, is it worth watching an IMAX film on your phone? I mean, because I don't know. No. Oh, your phone starts shaking. Not really. It's not really worth watching an IMAX movie on your TV. <laughs> you know, but what? It's it's a gimmick. You know, it's not something that's going to affect your viewing at this point. You, you you undoubtedly have a, a TV um, unless uh, unless you're in a dreadful place in your life. You undoubtedly have a, a TV that can handle, you know, what Disney Plus is putting out there. If you know what I mean, <laughs> you have decent sound on that TV, or you have some kind of sound bar or something. Sound's going to be fine. So, you know, and I'm oh. I'm an advocate for seeing everything in the theater, as as everyone who listens to this show clearly knows and uh so that's where i put take my position i wonder if the spider-man films will finally be on disney plus that would, that be, would be nice because i'd certainly like to watch them oh yeah i'd like to watch them because they're where i am at in the mcu watch through and i have to go get it on amazon for four bucks hey uh maybe we should take a break scott uh, I was going to say one more topic and then we'll go to break. And that was just that the Stranger Things season four uh, stuff has just been dropping. So I just wanted to hit Netflix. Yeah. Has it been services. too long between the seasons? Yep. And that's my comment. Well done, Sandwich. I don't remember a thing about the last season. I feel like the hype is just gone. I yeah. ju- and it's This is the last season coming up. So, is this the last one, or is this the second to last one? I thought this was the last. This Maybe felt it's like second a second to last one. I don't even one. know. Do you remember what happens in the last one? I mean, uh, I remember what's his they name. They fought. They fought the giant meat monster, 
Demogorgon in okay. the mall. Did they, didn't, Harper... they do that? didn't they do that every season? And yep. Harper got sent to Russia. Yeah, that's the that's the only thing I remember out of it. Uh, Will mom he's forced... was crying about her magnets the entire time, and that's I think she found he... out that there was a monster. I think he's forced while in Russia. I think he's forced to make a terrible Hellboy movie. <laughs> I think that's his that's his punishment while in Russia. Yeah, like... but, but he did work on his Russian accent, and that that worked out really well as a Red Guardian. So you know, it's a win win. He was a nice guy. Uh, he was at New York Comic Con, signed a couple of toys for me. He's a very nice guy. So just putting that out there. I'm, I'm Despite the fact see... that he was Sorry. the terrible Hellboy, he was still a nice guy. So, All right. And with that, we can take a break, I think. With that, right. Mr. Sandwich and Mr. Scott, we will take our first and only break on this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode, episode, episode 600 and... 50, 1, 5, 6, 7, 8, 8, 658. Uh, and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. We need to get the word out that the listeners can be involved with Geek Stuff TNG directly by using our GVM line. 201-730-2547. Hmm. Maybe we could use our seductive voices? Huh? Our what? All right. Here. Let's read these lines in our most seductive voices. Like this. Hey there. We want you to be a part of Geek Stuff TNG with your questions and your hmm comments. Oh, <clears throat> that's right. We want you to tell us what's hmm on your mind, what we are doing that you <laughs> like. <coughs> So call us on the GVM line, 201-730-2547, and you may hear yourself uh, on an upcoming episode of Geek Stuff TNG. <laughs> wow. Wow. What? Okay, here we go. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Potter and Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Okay, here we go. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called the PieCast because we got married on Pie Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pie Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pie Day Scott. Check us out. Build your own X-Wing. Luke Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. 
The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote-activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step -step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. Come on, Bigelow, give us a better name. Come on, yeah. Bigelow. Oh, come on. How about Rocketeer? Rocketeer. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Yeah, that's Rocketeer it is. Hi, this is Billy Campbell, the Rocketeer, and you're listening to Geek Stuff TNG. I like it. Live from the sandwich shop, Pirate Day Productions in sunny Southern California, and Big Kev's Apartment of Love, it's Geek Stuff TNG. It's, it's East Coast Scott's apartment. Big Kev's rented out uh, Apartment of Love, <laughs> co-signed by East Coast Scott, it's Geek Stuff TNG. <laughs> During our commercial break, you're at our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is a 118 scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your three and three quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details, like the proton torpedo bay, working engine lights, and a light-up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bobs, and beeps. The S-foils open to attack position. The laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up. All by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do 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 premium offer. You'll get one eighteen scale hanger accessories to create a detailed display of your X-wing, including crates, tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription. Each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you receive, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies, and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may see models like this online or shows or conventions. And I don't even tell you, the price tag can be quite high. The genius of this system is that you're paying a little each month as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at BuiltXWing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. I think those are beautiful reads and they're getting better all the time. Like slow and steady wins you the are race. Very, you are very supportive. Well, that's what a good so producer does, right? You know, you got to keep your talent happy. Yep. That's, you know what? And let me tell you, let me tell you about talent acquisition. That's me. That's me. I'm the talent acquisition guy. I say, you know, you know who would be supportive of the sandwich when he does the live reads? West Coast Scott. See how West that works? Scott, if you ever need a ride to an airport, I got you. No, oh, right. no questions asked. It's just hurtful. Well, yeah. Why? I'm just making a general hurtful. statement that if you ever need a ride to an airport, yeah. I'd be there for him. Just hurtful. We all know what you meant by that. 
Yeah, we were talking. I would support Scott if he ever needed a ride. Uh-huh. He's my future uh-huh. landlord. I have to, I'd have to be supportive of him. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm building those bunk beds right now. There you go. All right, There's let's so uh, comments. Let's jump I don't into even know how to pick one. <laughs> let's jump into product for the the last half of the show here. Um, oh, I know we we keep talking about it off air, but we haven't really uh, reviewed it on air. Let's talk about those NECA gargoyles. I know Kev, you're like excited about them. You think they look really good? I, I am. Yeah, I think it's well. If Goliath is an example, and we 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 got a, a Goliath uh, up in the product archive. Um, if he's any example of how this line is going to be, even a tertiary fan of the the series, which would be me, um, in the sense that I didn't watch it when it was live, but I blew through it when it was uh, on video years later. I think it's on Disney Plus now, right? Yes. I may have to binge through it again. Um, the figures are excellent. Uh, and again, if Goliath is an example, and they've now done... How many have they revealed? I think including Goliath, I think it's five. It's Goliath, Thalog, which is kind of the evil reverse Goliath. So you can guess what's happening there. It's a, just a sort of a repaint. Um, it's the the female whose name I forget, Desdemona or Demona or whatever her name is. I always forget her name. Um, I think Bronx and Brooklyn, I think were revealed during their... 31 days of scary stuff or whatever the NECA thing was. And they both look extraordinary. Like they both look extraordinary. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and they're doing it really smart too. You know, Um, uh, Goliath has, you know, obviously the big wings and different heads and hands and all sorts of things. And one of the things that people wanted was they wanted wings that are folded down when he has his wings down like a cloak. Um, but that's not in the Goliath package, but it is in the Bronx package or Brooklyn. I can't remember which was one of the, the one that's like a dog. I forget which one that is. Um, but included in that package will be Goliath wings folded down like the cloak, which I think is brilliant because here's a line that continues to support the previous figures by providing additional details like the cloaked wings um further down the line in the release and and randy uh randy falk over there at neca friend of this program um he he did an interview recently where he said something along the lines of they have 13 15 something like that characters that they're gonna do that's a lot of characters dude for a line where I can't really name, I don't think, I don't think I could get to 10. I might be able to get to 10, maybe 12. That's it. And they have more than that. So I'm eager. I'm eager to see uh, uh, what NECA is going to do. NECA's a quality. So far, they're absolutely, they're going to, they're going to display amazingly together. Absolutely amazingly. And again, even a passing fan has to appreciate how amazing at least that goliath figure is certainly so now correct me if i'm wrong but going back historically neca is neca the one that made the uh the aquaman with on his a seahorse that i hear you talking about on the oh that was neca right no, no aquaman on the seahorse yeah 
I'm just trying to remember from some of the vintage episodes, but I could be wrong about that. Aquaman on the seahorse is probably Tonner. Tonner. No, it was Tonner. It was Tonner. I'm sorry. I, I'm yeah. confusing. That was that Aquaman was. I feel like that Aquaman was maybe 18 inches tall. Yeah. And the seahorse was the centerpiece for their Tonner doll convention. It was a centerpiece on all the tables and they, uh, they uh, did some sort of raffle to see who got it from the table or something like that. And of course they sent us one because uh, you know, we were um, very involved and influential in, Some of the choice, the good choices that they made during those time periods, I feel, I think it's fair to say, Um, but 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 not some of the uh, the other choices. So we did get sent one of those seahorses. Yes. All right. Well, so can you scoot to the left a little bit? Me. Yeah. All right. So back back to NECA. How about the uh, how about the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles nineteen ninety? What is the two pack? Casey Jones and April O'Neil on the farm. Yeah, that's the farm set. Now, that was literally just announced today, I think. Um, And this is now the, I think it's the second April O'Neil from the movie. The first one was a huge, huge, hugely popular um, piece because they fought, she herself, the actress whose name I forget, she was actually revealing, I think on her social media, she was revealing things I think, and then NECA would follow up, I think. Um, she was revealing, like, the sculpt and the gray and the, you know, the accessories. Like, every little bit that that they kind of put together for her character, they were kind of, she was kind of sharing that with her followers and so on, which was really interesting. And, of course, we know the Casey Jones, uh, at least the way I've heard it, is that initially, I guess, Elias Coteas, who's the actor who portrayed Casey Jones, who was great, by the way. I, I love the Elias Coteus, Casey Jones. Um, I guess they didn't have his likeness right off or they hadn't finished it or something. So they put out the that two-pack that came with Raphael with the trench coat and um, Casey Jones with the mask on that did not come off. They followed that up with a single pack of Casey Jones uh, from the movie with the swappable head. So one with the mask, one with the Elias, the now acquired Elias Coteus likeness. Still haven't gotten that one. And now they're going again and they're doing another fit. And I think this is a different head. I'm pretty sure it looks to me like a different head sculpt, the unmasked one. But I think there again, I think there's both here. I think there's an unmasked and a masked. Um uh and again some accessories farm appropriate accessories i believe is what the release said um so yeah so they're uh, you know they're they're pumping out the movie figures from that first movie and they are hard to get i've never seen one on a shelf popped into a toy show this weekend only to you know not find casey jones number one but find the other ones from the movie and find out of course that they are also you know they're getting up there in price. So TMNT is a hot toy property right now. Three, what is it? Three companies doing it? Yeah, it's a, it, I mean, it's man, three the, companies, right? Yeah. It's the, NECA. The turtles are, are they more popular now than they've ever been? I don't know that they're more popular. I just think there's a nostalgia wave 
for the mid to late 80s, let's just call it the 80s, there's a nostalgia wave of the 80s right now. And Super 7 has seized on this. Um, you know, and they're doing the Ultimates line. Ultimates Turtles, Ultimates Thundercats. They bought the Silverhawks IP. So Super 7 now owns outright the Silverhawks. Um, and, you know, they, uh, they just revealed, since we're talking about product this past week, um, revealed Wave 2 uh, of the Silverhawks. And it's Steel Will, um, Bluegrass, um, uh, the guy who controls the weather with that giant hammer, whose name I forget, Windhammer, I think is his name, and uh, Untransformed Monstar, as well as Monstar's Throne that he sits on as a separate piece. Um, so there you go. So four more Silverhawks. But I think it's a nostalgia thing because NECA's doing, I, I think NECA's doing, well, Super 7 is doing basically the Playmates Turtles in ultimate form. NECA's doing the movie stuff and maybe something else. And is Playmates back in doing like regular turtle stuff for newer properties? I can't remember. All I know is that there's a shit ton of merchandise right now after the turtles and something for everyone. You know, the rich collector, the medium rich collector, the film fan, the current fan, and, and so on. There's something for everyone. So it's a good time to be a Turtles toy fan, that's for certain. Well, I'll tell you, as somebody who, who for some reason, the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles passed me by. It just was never in, in any of my wheelhouses. But I did appreciate watching the toys that made us, and I learned all about the history of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So... If you're mm -hmm. not really familiar with the the with the IP, go check out Toys That Made Us, and you'll learn plenty about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Very true. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, half shell. That's right. You what's see, that, what's that sandwich? This is this is in Sandwich's wheelhouse, really. We should say, Sandwich, you have some memories of the turtles as a child, don't you? What was that? Four years ago. <laughs> I, I did actually watch the Ninja Turtles a lot when I was a, a younger lad when i was the young warthog i'm not gonna do the song this time um but i, I was a big turtles fan actually because you know for me growing up uh as I, i've said on the show i'm a power rangers fan so the ninja turtles felt like another form of power rangers to me because it's like okay we're, we're color coordinated and then we all do special things so if it, it felt that same kind of vein for me so it's like okay power rangers turned off but this other kind of power ranger-esque thing of teenagers with attitude who fight crime that also just came on and they're color coordinated so there's no fighting robots at the end of the, of the episode but you know it's still good still qualifies so i I'm i mean that's honestly fan. that's a that's a fair comparison so i can see that and it all started with battle of the planets and g-force five young adults who become their own family and at the end of every episode, they become one in the whirlwind pyramid. Yeah, in the American version. <laughs> yeah, or Team Gatchaman from uh, slightly Japan different show in Japan. Yeah. Slightly different. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying Princess is a hua, but if I were to say it, <laughs> just saying. Well, and they straight out just kill lots of people in the Japanese version, right? Well, lots of murder, you know, death kills. You know, Seven Zark Seven, who's that little R2-D2 ripoff robot, it was basically brought into that show in the 70s 
you know, animated in the U.S. to cover up the portions that could not be shown on American TV, pretty much. You know, they had to restructure a lot in order to do that. Kevin, what were they hiding? What could they have possibly been hiding from the U.S. audience? They were hiding adult situations and adult violence and adult adult situations and and language if you read the uh, subtitles as well and language yep yeah mm-hmm. you can get them you can get you can get them uncensored those original pre 7 arc 7 i'm just imagining it's like non american version of got you man yeah like you're a son of a and then 7 arc 7 pops up hey friends <laughs> yeah just about pretty much uh that's pretty much how it went yeah that that was one of my i mean that was a Netflix mailed me DVDs to watch Team Gachaman. That's that's how I watched it. So that's shows you how long ago it's been since I've seen it. Um. Anyway, I think we should move on uh, as we're wrapping up product here. Let's uh, let's yes. do the uh, let's do the Kickstarter of the week. Geek stuff. Kickstarter of the week. All right, Kev, I think you sent me this uh, Kickstarter this week. It's uh, called Sky Raiders of Aberax. Yeah, yeah. So this is... Uh, now, 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 Sandwich, I, I want you to, to chime in here. Now, this is 5th edition uh, ready, but not a, it's not an officially licensed D&D world. Okay. Right. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Yeah, it says it's it's 5e compatible. It's a, a venture forth in a 5e compatible adventure world right. from best-selling authors Tracy and Laura Hickman. The new world introduces new lands and their own stories and people to discover, all built around a magical book that comes to life via the Living Tome mobile app. And it looks like uh, Mr. Joe Manganello, right? Uh, Flash that's Thompson. The- Flash Thompson is involved. Flash Thompson from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah, John uh, Joe Manganiello played. Oh Flash yeah, Thompson. I forgot I about wonder, that. I wonder if he'll show up as old Flash Thompson in uh, with with old Aunt May in Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, that's it. But so uh, yeah, and and that was one of the things that that made it, it kind of made a bit of news is that Joe Manganiello got involved in it. Um, so yeah, so I thought. I, you know, I read through, I watched the video, I read through it. Seems very interesting. Seems like a, a, a well thought out uh, environment campaign setting. Did you have a look at it, Sandwich? Uh, I'm doing like a quick read right now of like some of the stuff in it. I mean, it looks interesting. I'm not going to say it doesn't. But I'm- it's, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, like I, I'm not big into the non. Mm-hmm canon i guess exactly or the non-licensed 5e stuff but i don't know there was something about this one that that made me feel like maybe i might pick this one up i don't know if i mean i don't know if you got that vibe so it looks interesting and i i'm on the same boat as you you know i I always you know 5e canon and non-5e canon not that this can't be fantastic not that this can't be fun but something about the way they balance things for 5e and the way someone outside balances it, I, I, it can be a little rough. That's balancing like the strictest form of like 
stat blocks. That's me just going purely, not saying the land isn't fun, not saying the stories you could run it won't be fun, but you know, you're you're you talking strictly over. game mechanics, strictly game mechanics. You know, it, yeah. it can be sketchy, and then you know, there's not that this can't happen. I mean, it, it, I hate to bring it up, but uh, if Critical Role can get its own officially licensed 5e D&D book. How far fetched is it really for this Kickstarter? If it if it pops off and becomes something big, how right. how far fetched is it that it could just become canon at some point and right. they release an official five E canon version of this? I mean, we we can't say no anymore. You can't say no anymore to these kind of things happening, right? You know, so I uh, I'm excited. I hope this does well. I hope people who get it have a lot of fun. It looks interesting. I'm very supportive of it. Um, and hey, like I said, I, if this becomes five E official, I will buy the hell out of it. So what you're well, saying is, so, um, is is if the fans want it, it has to happen. No, like the A or cut. No, no, no. This no. isn't like that because you can publish. Because basically, what what Wizards has said, um, if not directly, then certainly by their actions, is that people can use the 5e rules or rather people can publish things like this um that use the 5e system in order to run it this is only one example uh sandwich and i have been admiring a series of books now of course i forget who's who's publishing them but sandwich and i have been enjoying or 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 flipping through i should say um five volumes of original like advanced D module uh, uh collections that have been upped to 5e they've been translated if you will to 5e um those are really really good i actually uh read through uh one of the volumes already and it's really really interesting the way that they've changed things around sandwich i think you're going to find those really interesting um, and, uh, but, but they're kind of, although that may be a special case because that is republishing TSR material, um, almost, almost verbatim with the mechanic changes included. Um, but there are other things like you find other things, like I was in Walmart today, as a matter of fact, and I saw a book called, uh, I think it was called NPCs for the five E game master. Or something like that. Not a D&D book. Not a licensed D&D book, but 5e was right there on the cover. Well, and at Walmart, huh? Which means... That's interesting. At Walmart, yeah. I was as surprised as you. Um, and uh, yeah, so 5e is a... It, you almost look at 5e like a system, like a GURPS. You know what I mean? Like, like a system. And what Wizards has said, which wasn't always the case in the past, is... Okay, people can publish things that can be used with 5e without having to kick up to us. At least I've not heard that, you know, if I decide I want to publish something for 5e that I have to kick something over to Wizards of the Coast. I haven't heard that. That may be the case, but that's not what I've heard. I so. think I think that you cannot copyright the rules, the rule set, right? Like it is it, no. 
I, I think you can copyright the rule set so that no one else can republish it. Right, but you can't. But the rules itself, to make something that's compatible with it, they can't force you to kick something up if you make something that is based upon those rules. As long as you don't reprint the rules in your material, is what I'm trying to say. I, yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure there's some legal jargon that says, okay, you can mention that original material up to a point, but you can't cross that point. Otherwise, you're infringing. That's what I think is probably what's what's happening is that, you know, whoever, you know, like this company that we're talking, this Kickstarter we're talking about right here, uh, you know, I'm sure what they've done is they have enough references to 5e to say it's 5e compatible, but not uh, but not too much to cross the line legally into reprinting 5e material that would be my bet but in any event go over to kickstarter uh we'll get the link up for you to check out uh, our kickstarter of the week um for what is it called again scott it is sky raiders sky, sky raiders. raiders of aberax yeah and it does uh the kickstarter ends on november 16th so not a lot of time after this episode drops so if you're interested in it oh yeah go, one week go back it the week from today, as a matter of fact, the week from us taping this. So uh, by the time you're hearing this, you have less than a week. So definitely go ahead and check that out. And with that, uh, Mr. Scott, Mr. Sandwich, you should wrap this beast up. Let's do that. Let's uh, let's remind everybody to check us out on all the uh, social medias, right? Be sure and follow Geek Stuff TNG on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and support the show on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash TNG, where you can uh, support the show at a dollar a week. I'm sorry, a dollar a month to get access to the Discord server. Three dollars a month, it's the early bird special. Five dollars a month, it's the bonus round. And for ten dollars a month, you can watch us live and recording the show on Instagram Live. Sandwich, why don't you share your social medias? You can find me on Instagram and Xbox One at Fat Dumbledore, F-A-T-D-O-M-B-L-E-D-O-R-E. And I am Pyday Scott on the Twitters and the Instagrams. You can find me there. And I am Big Kev GS on Xbox One and BK Geek Stuff everywhere else. Is that it? Am I forgetting anything? No, I don't think you're forgetting anything. We, did, we forgot the title of the episode. Oh, goodness. Hmm. Hmm. Well, we'll come up with it in post. We'll fix it in post. How about Sleepy Time Sandwich? Ooh, Sleepy Time Sandwich. I like that one. I feel like we've done that, though. Have we done Sleepy Time Sandwich before? You know, the, some fact, kind of that, sleepy the fact that we have done that one before, I think, is a problem in itself. <laughs> So I will check, and this will either be Sleepy Sand, Sleepy Time Sandwich, or Sleepy Time Sandwich Two Electric Boogaloo. But we'll have to wait and see oh, what the official title God. is. Good God! Good God! I'd rather name it anything but that. With that, Mr. Scott, Mr. Sandwich, we'll bring this episode of Geek Stuff TNG to a close. Episode six hundred and fifty-eight. Uh, the one that we will name in post because I, that boogaloo thing is just not happening. Uh, I support it. 
And we will end the show the way we end some shows by saying Good night, Peter Scolari. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music.
All right, hey. All right, good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. <laughs>